Hello, I'm Katie Piper, and welcome to my podcast, Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. Each episode, I'll meet an amazing person with an incredible story who faced adversity and came through the other side to inspire others. I have a fantastic guest sat opposite me today. Um, I'm not sure how to introduce this incredible woman. Uh, She's an author of multiple recipe books and fiction too. She's an award-winning baker, a mother of three, and possibly the most down-to-earth interviewee I could wish for. Um, She came to fame in 2015 when she won the Great British Bake Off. So I'm sure lots of you have guessed that it is, of course, Nadia Hussain. <laughs> Welcome. Oh, thank you for having me. Oh, when you read all of that out, I just got goose pimples. All oh, good. And a bit like, oh, you know, it's a bit scary when you think about all of that. It's a lot of achievements, isn't it? Yeah, it's a bit scary. A lot of varied achievements as well in different worlds. Yeah. You know, when you just get by and you mm-hmm. just kind of like, just, you're just doing your day to day, you're doing the whole, you know, being a mom and, 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 doing my job I suppose you don't realise and then it just I will feel a bit nervous now yeah it's funny it's a lot to live up to I guess isn't it yeah and actually it's a lot of different worlds and I suppose women do wear lots of different hats but I mean is is it hard to to wear all those different hats yeah it just it's I suppose before I'd won Bake Off I was a stay-at-home mum and so often as a stay-at-home mum I would I'd be really nervous to say the words I'm, you know, I'd say I'm just a mum. People say, "What do you do?" And I'd say, "I'm just a mum." And I hate full time career. <laughs> yeah, and I, I hate, I hate that word "just" because there is nothing just about being a mum because mm. it's, you know, you don't get any holiday pay, you get no holidays, you, you know, there's no clocking off time. You are on it yeah. all the time, as you know, you know what it's. Like. You've got two quite young kids. Yeah, yeah, and you are literally on it all the time. And mm-hmm. I, you know, mine are uh, twelve. 12 and 13 my boys are 12 and 13 right. and my little girl will be nine soon and somebody said to me the older they get you know the less they need you that's a lie good because I don't want that to happen no. I'll be sad if that happens yeah they need you even more <laughs> even now my 13 year old as I as I leave he, he says oh I don't want you to go and even now at 13 yeah. he kind of holds on and I, I want him to hold on for as long as possible but that sounds like a beautiful close relationship though that sounds the dream really yeah, it's, yeah. I suppose it's one we, I grew up in a, in a community where, you know, uh, emotions and feelings, they're not something that you, you didn't talk about it. And I right. say I say it's something in my community, but I think there's something quite British about being... I was going to say, yeah, about, absolutely. You know, the whole keep calm and carry on. Mm-hmm. Um, Stiff up a lip. Yeah. And, yeah. and I grew up in, in, in a culture that you couldn't, you could you didn't talk about feelings, you didn't talk about emotions, you just got on with it. And I'm... I want to be the complete opposite. I want to talk about everything. I want yeah. to talk about every feeling. Well, I was going to say, I mean, if you if you grew up like that and that was kind of what was sort of the message that was sent down to you, you know, you've done a really brave thing with your documentary recently, your BBC documentary about yeah. anxiety. You know, that was talking about feelings and emotions and, and, and not hiding anything that was... Amazing. I've never felt more naked. Mm, I can imagine. Than, yeah. than in that situation. Um, and when I, I was not very good at being honest with my children about mm. my anxiety. And it was the first time that they would see, um, they, they asked me whenever I'm filming something, like, Mummy, what are you filming? And when I wouldn't come home at night with cake and biscuits right. and stuff, they're <laughs> like, mm, she's doing something different. They knew. Mm-hmm. Like three days in, they were like, 
why why have you got no food back? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just said, I'm not. This is nothing to do with food. Do you think um, they knew what the word anxiety meant before the doc? They knew vaguely what it meant. Um, and 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 we talk about feelings quite a lot. And rather than saying anxiety or um, you know, we 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 didn't necessarily use the word anxiety yeah. or panic disorder or PTSD things like that. Mm-hmm. But now, since watching the documentary they 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 sort of understand those words better because you know i didn't expect to come out of there being diagnosed with ptsd right yeah. um and i was shocked myself so it was something that i had to then explain to the kids but Did when they watch the doc with you like sat next to you yeah so yeah. we we got we had access to it before it was out and so right. i let them sit down and and watch it and mm. and they did and then when it was when it was aired they watched it again and and i remember them there was this there was a sense of pity right and and they they kind of looked to me and they said oh you know i could see it in their eyes you know i didn't they didn't say the words but mm-hmm. I could see it. You know, their you empathy just, and yeah, you just see it. And I was like, oh my god! Well, goodness. they've seen your struggle, yeah, and, and your mum that holds it together all the time. I try you know. so hard to hold it together, and that's something I learned about myself. Is that actually there's nothing? I think you're a better parent for being vulnerable, mm. for allowing your kids to see emotions that are totally normal. To be able to say, you know what, I'm not okay today, mm-hmm. um, and I feel sad, and and you know we help each other. And I think as a parent, what you want to do is you want to be the one that helps them all mm-hmm. the time. Um, and we don't want to lean on our kids, but as a family unit, we lean on each other. Yeah, I suppose it's your instincts that, that think that's not right, but actually it's impossible for one person to be the kind of core of everything. Yeah, just holding it together all the time felt really, really hard. Um, and then when you when they watched it, I could see it in their eyes and I didn't want to look at them because they were just, I could see pity. Yeah. And I felt really sorry for them. Um, but was, was it hard to watch the programme back itself? Because you've done so many different TV series, TV shows, some lighthearted, some funny, some mm-hmm. fascinating. And then this was quite different. You know, what was it? It's a bit different than sitting around the telly with snacks and watching a programme you made, you yeah. know? I mean, this wasn't a kind of popcorn type situation. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> let's, let's get the popcorn. No, um, it was more, I kind of sat there kind of scratching my hands and with a box of tissues mm. um, and it was hard to watch. And it was really odd because um, I'd come back and talk about it with my husband and I mm-hmm. filmed for about two and a half weeks and I felt like my husband knew everything that I was doing and then he obviously had to sit and watch it himself mm-hmm. and and he hadn't realized I mean there's lots of the everything on there is stuff that he already knew but to actually watch it firsthand yeah um he, he struggled with that a little bit as well and I think um he definitely has a better understanding of anxiety now mm-hmm. than he did before watching it but he's all I mean generally he's he's a good guy and he he tries really hard to yeah to get it and hold it together and make sure that I'm okay but now he gets it he's like I get it and I think when I watch it back, I re- remember the struggle of filming that. But mm-hmm. I also understand the importance of filming it because yeah. I know there'll be loads of people who will sit there and don't understand it or may not have anxiety themselves, but know somebody who has it. Or And then it makes sense. And yeah. then it makes sense. And I think if I hadn't been completely honest, it would have been a half-hearted um, mm. documentary and I didn't want it to be that. Yeah, like it's actually a resource, you know, it's not just you talking about your life, it's a resource for, like you said, other people or people unknowingly supporting people. Yeah. Um, your husband kind of sounds like he's been your biggest cheerleader in your life. I mean, when I, when I was reading about you and your journey before Bake Off, it, it was your husband that sort of pushed you to enter, is that right? Yeah, he was, oh, he's such a gem, he is. And I can't, like I, 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 
I don't want to be the wife that sits there and like sits there and says, oh, yeah, my husband did this. And my, he did. He just he's just great. I'm the worst friend or sister to have around because <laughs> I have nothing bad to say. Yeah. I just don't because but that's good. That's positive. I love yeah. that. And we shouldn't be like we should, you know, we should be proud of a marriage that, you know, mm-hmm. we should be proud of that. And it, and it works for us. And he's not just he is. He's my best friend. And, you know, and in the last four years, I've lost many relationships mm-hmm. because of what I do. And, and you know, and and. He's always been there, and, and this is long before Bake Off. You know, he's the only one that I could truly explain how I was feeling, and, and he never always got it. But you know, we got to a point where he was just like, I think I get, and he understood. He understands me. Yeah. Um, which is like you said, it's very difficult to find somebody that understands you, and it's what we all search for. It's the ultimate kind of quest. Yeah. Had, has it been difficult because life's changed so much for people around you to change with you? Yeah, I think there's lots of people who are just never, you know, I've lost lots of people, lots of friendships and mm-hmm. lots of family members, but... Um, Through jealousy or misunderstanding? I think or? I think it's partly misunderstanding, you know, there might be jealousy involved. I don't know, I just think that... I think the, the thing with women, firstly, is that women sometimes don't always like to see other women succeed. Mm-hmm. And I, I, th- I think that's right. Yeah. yeah. And and I think there's a lot of that. And I think that's why just it, it's really hard sometimes because it, 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 in the last four years, I've changed so much mm. and I've found myself in a way that I didn't think I, like there's so much of me was lost in the right. first sort of eight years, eight, nine years, because being a mother, being a stay at home mom and focusing just on one thing mm-hmm. meant that I didn't focus on myself anymore. And I felt selfish for it. And I felt, so I felt, um, I felt cruel for wanting to focus on myself. Yeah. I, it felt unkind. I thought I've brought these children into the world. They should be my everything, but they can truly only be my everything if I love myself first. And if you have yourself, In, yeah. I mean, and, if you don't have any identity, then who are you? And I'd lost myself. Mm. I, I just, I was gone. There was nothing there. And, and I loved my kids. I love my children. And I was just existing Mm-hmm. And it didn't feel okay to just exist because I was so crippled with my anxiety that it was my husband who said, you need to enter Bake Off. And I was like, what? And were you cooking at this point at home? I'm I'm like, when I'm stressed, I yeah. cook more. I see I, this on your Instagram. Yeah. I'm like, wow, look at all this stuff she's cooking. This is I amazing. Know, but... I just keep going. Yeah. And um, when I'm really stressed, I bake and I bake and I bake. Mm-hmm. And I have like... F- two or three cake stands around the house and my husband's like you know you don't have to put cake in them I'm like then what are cake stands for yeah um and I will just fill them and then I'll go to the neighbors and the neighbors know when I'm anxious because Mm -hmm. I'll turn up with like yesterday I was at my neighbor's house I had lemon drizzle and a vegetable pie Mm -hmm. and I just went over he's like are you all right and I was like I've just been baking leave me alone but maybe this is positive because the baking's a form of therapy and then it's making you leave the house and connect with people to give them the food and actually when you talk about getting better it's all about connecting with others isn't it so I guess that kind of pushes you to leave the house that day yeah I just uh, doing bake-off was the hardest thing I'd ever done and Mm -hmm. it's the first time I'd done I had lots of firsts so it's the first time I'd been on a train on my own without my children that's hard yeah and then you know and it wasn't it wasn't a simple journey it was like five changes Mm -hmm. so it was stressful stressful and sweaty and it was hideous I Mm. I I vomited yeah it was horrible um and um yeah and I realized you know I I was using lots of safety seeking behaviors I was like looking down not making eye contact on your phone yeah yeah. just just avoiding any human contact any interaction and, and 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 it was the best thing I did. It was the hardest thing, mm-hmm. one of the hardest things I'd ever done, but it's changed my life. And, um, you know, I'd love to say that the anxiety is gone, but it's not. 
Okay, so you're learning to manage it or it's it's up and down? Or I have good days and I have really good days and I have bad days. And sometimes I'm like, oh, maybe it's gone. Mm-hmm. It's like this uninvited friend. It's yeah. like, oh, I think they've gone. Um, yeah. Sometimes I feel like maybe it's gone and it, it isn't. It, you know, it's it's always there and I'm, mm. I'm better at managing it now. Mm-hmm. And, and after doing the um, documentary, I've not really had that I mean, I've probably only had one and a half panic attacks I'm going to say right. and that's been like that's a few months now like eight months that's good that's quite consistent yeah. yeah so it's like eight nine months so it's really good that you know I've not had I, I mean before that I was having a panic attack every other week wow. so yeah see that's not livable that's too difficult when, yeah what's your main triggers do you know your triggers um, um routine right so when something is out of so I, I I'll do exercise whether it's 5k walk or mm-hmm. if it's just doing the cross training in the garage mm. or just we've got a bob that I punch when I'm really anxious That's and I just good. and yeah. I just punch him like so routine for me if I do four days of exercise and I want to do five days and I don't do that fifth yeah. day I, I in my head I'm like oh oh well that's the balance gone now yeah and I start to lose my I feel you're nodding because I feel like you know me. exactly yeah you know what I'm talking about because I think when you are a mum with a busy career everything's run on routine diary schedule everything's tight Mm. and if one thing goes wrong that can mess up a lot of plans so for me exactly the same if if I wanted to do something and I can't and the routine's disrupted it gives me irritation anger anxiety and and it can then be a bit of a meltdown yeah you know even though you actually know the world's not going to end it's not that and you can try and reason but sometimes it's too overwhelming and too great yeah and sometimes Uh, all your body wants to do is to have that meltdown yeah um and now what I've learned is like when I can feel a panic attack coming, you know, I can feel it rising. Uh-huh. You know, I can just I, I I kind of like it's like a thermometer. It mm-hmm. kind of rises, rises, and I can feel it in my Very face. Very physical. Yeah. yeah. And I think people forget that it is a phys- it's an illness. Mm-hmm. You know, it's a physical thing and it does affect you physically as well as mentally. But as it rises, I feel it and then before what I used to do, this is before the therapy, um, I used to just like I used to try everything to stop it. Mm-hmm. And what I was doing is I was I was expelling all this energy on trying to stop it that what's happening is I end up having that panic attack and in its worst form so it's more heightened yeah Yeah. Yeah. so I'm trying to breathe and I'm trying to you know I'm I'm, I'm trying to walk get some fresh air I'm trying to do everything and in the end what happens is I just get all discombobulated Mm -hmm. and then it just happens anyway so what I do now is I'm like okay so I feel a panic attack it's going to come so come so you surrender. Yeah, I'm like, come yeah. on, just do yeah. it. Do your best. Do it. Come on. And then it goes away. Mm. It's really weird. So now when I feel it, I'm like, yeah, come on, come on, come on, do your damage. And it just goes away. And It's almost an acceptance of, I know this is part of me. And if, if it's going to happen, so be it. Yeah. You know. Do you ever wonder how celebrities order food? Like, is Sarah Paulson a Diet Coke or a regular Coke girlie? <laughs> Some peasant Coke? No. Or how does Sofia Vergara order a pizza? No, no, no tomatoes. I cannot eat tomatoes. tomatoes? Yes. Are you killed mushrooms? No. Not really. Okay. <laughs> if these are the details you need, and I know you do, I have the podcast for you. I'm Jesse Tyler Ferguson, and on my podcast, Dinners on Me, I take some notable friends of mine out to dinners in Los Angeles and New York City. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. That thing was delicious. 
I mean, when I watched the doc, I related to so much of it myself and, mm. you know, I found it really moving. So I'm really interested to read your new book, yeah. um, you know, the title, Finding My Voice. And when, when's the book out? When can, when can we read it? It's out on October 17th. October 17th. Okay. And oh, it's, I'm so excited, but nervous. I'm actually just, I am perspiring just a little bit talking about <laughs> it. I am. I'm nervous. Yeah. Um, it's, well, well, when I read the, I read the little a synopsis and I was like, wow, this is really good. And because I've seen your doc and you know the doc was so credible and, and it was so strong and it was so honest, I thought this book's going to be brilliant and everyone's going to read it and everyone's going to buy it. Yeah, I hope so. I hope, you know, growing up, I never had a book that I could pick up and say, you know, or a book that a friend was reading that said, oh my goodness, pick that book up, you'll get mm. it. I never had that. So it's, I mean, it's, and it's, it, part of it is to do with being a part of a Bangladeshi community. I'd right. love to be able to pick up a book where there's a story about a Bangladeshi girl. Mm-hmm. And, you know, and, and that you were born in Bangladesh and then moved to London. Is no, that right? I, was, I was born in this country, born, right. but we went back and forth to Bangladesh quite a lot. We speak Bengali, so mm-hmm. we were British, but we were also Bangladeshi. So it was a, kind of a, a, a fusion of both worlds. But, you know, with being a part of that culture come certain rules, certain standards, mm-hmm. certain ways of doing things that don't necessarily match with being British. Right. So I was constantly fighting that British Bangladesh bit of me and and when I wrote the book it struck that you know I was being very honest mm. and 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 talking about my feelings which is again something that we did not do very much of so that and, must have been hard because that's going against yeah. your principles again yeah and yeah. I was like oh my dad's gonna read this <laughs> <laughs> can't you just hide it from your yeah dad? <laughs> I mean he probably I mean he might read it he might not but I might just give him the audiobook and say here go dad yeah. have a listen um <laughs> is it an autobiography or is that not really the right description I wouldn't say it's an autobiography I think it's a memoir because memoir, okay. I mean if I wrote an autobiography I could be writing a few I just think I could just keep going and going yeah. and I'm not done yet so yeah. you know like I'm just kind of I've got lots of life to live hopefully so yeah. um and hopefully always have stories to tell but the way I wrote the book I want it to be kind of a memoir of sorts I suppose mm-hmm. little snippets of my life um and the way I've chaptered it is all the roles in my life so being a daughter being a wife being a mother being a sister being a granddaughter all the roles that have shaped me to be yeah. who I am today and I think um that's, I mean, we like to, it's about standing alone and saying, I am who I am. But mm. I think also it's quite contradictory because actually the roles that we play make us who we are as well. Of so course, yeah. um, it felt really important to write about those roles. And it was hard sometimes mm-hmm. to write about certain things. Um, and it wasn't always easy, but it felt really important. There were moments where I'd taken chunks out and thought oh I'm not putting that in yeah because it's like you said it's, it's it feels exposing doesn't it but if you don't expose then you won't help you yeah. know so yeah and I guess if you've written about all those different roles then actually the book will be for a real vast amount of people oh absolutely because it's, it's not just one role is no it? it's you know it's there are things in there that people will read and think what mm-hmm. like how is that even possible and will not get because often I tell stories about you know just being a, a girl you know and 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 people say what people actually say stuff like that people do stuff like that so there's gonna be lots of things in there that people will read and think what that doesn't actually have surely not and right. there'll be there'll be people who will read it and say oh yeah yeah because oh, yeah. they know because yeah. they know so I'm hopeful that lots of people will be able to read it and and understand why I've written the book do you have a tough time in in your 
thinking of all the different roles you play in your kind of public role where people know you as Nadia the baker, Nadia the author, the TV presenter. Do you have a tough time in that role? Is 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 Twitter tough for you? There's a chapter in the book called um, Username. Right. Oh, OK. Right. Which is, unfortunately, it, it is a role that we play. It mm-hmm. is as a username, as a, as a, as a handle, mm-hmm. you know, that is who we are, whatever that is on social media. As you'll know, you know, social media, it's, it's a double-edged sword. It's, it's good and bad and mm. you know you can use it for good um and and still it be met with negativity but recently somebody said on twitter uh, muslims shouldn't be allowed to have pets they don't treat them very well <laughs> I was like, what, what source of information is that well, from? Hold, right i mean i've been called a lot of things and i have had lots of things commented on mm-hmm. but the fact that i'm a muslim should have nothing to do with whether I should have pets or not. I mean, do you have pets? I have lots of pets. I have four chickens. I have a rabbit. I have a budgie. I have a orchid mantis and a cat. Oh, wow. So we have, we, I mean, the the animals have outnumbered the people now. So we have got lots of animals and we love them and we look after them. And I said to my kids when we got pets one by one, and we've just added the cat, um, when we got pets, I said to my kids that, you know, we are responsible for looking after them. Right. So in the hierarchy, they in the hierarchy, they come first. Uh-huh. You know, you we've got to feed them before we feed ourselves. So we better make sure that when we wake up, they're fed first. And so the kids get up and they do all the animals. How which lovely. Takes my, How nurturing. It takes yeah. them a whole hour. And then uh, my little girl said to me, Mommy, can we have a baby as well? I was like, no, 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 no. No, we've done that no. three times. Done. Yeah. No more. No more. <laughs> That's amazing, though. And what a great tool and great way to uh, to teach your children compassion um, and responsibility as well. Mm, mm. With the tweets like that, have you had sort of serious kind of Islamophobia and a sort of political kind of hatred directed yeah, at you? Yeah, absolutely. There, there has been some seriously nasty stuff on there mm. and it's really, it's a difficult pill to swallow. Um, and that's why it was really important to put that chapter into the book mm. because um, in a world where we are, in a world where we've got all these really important roles like being a mum and being a daughter and being a sister, mm-hmm. we have we have to also accept the role that we have as a username or a handle or mm. an influencer as such. Um, and as much as I want to deny it and I don't want to even think about that, you know, the pressure of influencing anyone is quite scary. You yeah. kind of think about the negative effects of if I do something terrible what what you know you know what people will think of you you have to think about all of that yeah um, and that's why it's really important to put a chapter like that in there because we are that and, and it's happening yeah. and it's happening right now so let's just there's no point in shying away from it let's just mm. accept it and be the best that we can be yeah and and you know my son has just turned 13 and he's just um got himself he's just got Instagram and oh no (laughs) oh yeah so this is what I said at the very beginning four years ago I said I will never say or do anything or post anything that will make my kids look at me and think do you know what she's not the same person on here than she is in real life Mm -hmm. everything that I've ever posted my son now looks at and he goes oh this is so cool mom it's like going back into history and it was really nice that he um, could see that and he knows that I'm not a different person online I'm the real person so that's nice to see Um, I was so scared to let him do that I was like oh (laughs) all his friends are doing it yeah it's hard isn't it well, that's their that's their currency now, isn't it? That's their mm. social currency, and that's what they that's what they use to get by. And mm-hmm. there's if I deny it, it could just mean that he'll just do it behind my back. Yeah, and I'd or he'll he... be the odd one out who gets bullied for that. You know? Yeah, yeah. Um, and 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 my son said, "Ma, you know, you get bullied for anything, so don't worry <laughs> about." It. He goes, "I mean, Ma, you could have like long nails, and somebody will bully you for that." He goes. 
kids. He goes, Ma, kids are, kids are cruel. They'll find anything. Um, he sounds pretty switched on and level-headed. He is. He yeah. is. He is. Yeah. He's switched on. Do they cook with you, the kids? My kids love cooking. So this summer, I used to think they really like cooking, but now, so this summer, we, every summer, we always say, what are we going to, with the six weeks that we've got, what are we going to, we're going to learn something new, be it playing the piano or whatever it is. Right. Last year it was playing the piano and they are amazing on the piano, which I'm so proud of them because they've really, like they carry it on. It's not something they've learned and just yeah. stopped. So when they're feeling a little bit down, they go and sit on play on the piano. And they play all the cool songs. Oh, you know, really? well, yeah. like pop songs. Yeah, and like stuff. really oh, cool that's songs. Cool. Yeah. So, so um, um, they want to do a Spice Girl. So all three are going to do a Spice Girl song. <laughs> um, but yeah, they they want to um, they. So this year we said that they've going they're going to take the new cookbook and do a recipe out of the new cookbook. Oh, lovely! And between July the eighteenth and now, I think I might have cooked dinner three times. Oh my goodness, yeah. that's great! Yeah, so they're actually yeah. like. They're cooking, and I've seen you on, on your Instagram because your little girl likes to make yeah, little cupcakes she bakes and things. And yeah, 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 she loves that. I mean, for me, I find it. You know, I'm like the, so. My husband, similar to your husband, he's really hands on. He's re- he's a great guy. I couldn't fault him. Really caring, and he is the dad that goes on the floor and pretends to be the dinosaur and chases yeah. him around the lat. You know that kind of stuff. Whereas if I'm the one that kind of does the art, the reading, the cooking, and yep. that, that's how I connect with them, mm. which is great because we're completely different parenting styles. So yeah. it kind of works. Yeah, you know. but they've become, you know, now they're at that age where they're 13 and 12 and they can just go in the kitchen. They're really confident with knives and they just know exactly what to do. And they tight now. I mean, all I've got to do now is teach them to tidy up afterwards. Yeah, and I know that's oh, the hard bit, isn't it? That's yeah, the bit, that's yeah. the really tough bit. Yeah, I guess they must be really proud of you because, you know, your achievements are out there for them to see. And I'm guessing they watched your journey in Bake Off, didn't yeah. they? Yeah. I mean, do they talk about your career and it, it kind of inspiring them to? Yeah, well, my son, a few years ago he said um you did bake off like two years ago why are you still famous nothing like uh, your, kid, your kids hitting you with that though. like that's feet firmly on the ground do you know what I mean so that was that for me was like when he said that I just gave him a big kiss I was like you are so cute and so honest and I love that because they don't watch anything I do right like, okay. they don't watch any of it because you're just mum yeah I'm just mum they're like whatever yeah. I tried to make them watch the cookery series this year and I said come on do you guys want to watch it and about five minutes in they're like yeah we've kind of we've we've, we've done all of this now we're right and they just left yeah. I was like not offended but slightly offended I was like mm, yeah. okay um, my daughter was the same when I was on Strictly she loves Strictly yeah but I said, John, we'll record it for you because, you know, it's one too late for her. And wake up on Sunday, you can watch it. Oh, no. Well, I, I, I want to see Kate Silverton. I was like, well, what about mummy? No, I like Kate's dress. And I suppose they live with you. They don't need to watch you on telly. No, it's not really, no, and you know. About at the very beginning, um, somebody asked my eldest son, they said they were doing something at school and they said, so what does your, they were asking what everybody's mums and dads do for jobs so they could talk about what they want to do for jobs. And 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 they said, what does your dad do? And he said, he's, he's, he works, he's an IT manager. Right. Like, dull. Um, <laughs> he loves it. He loves his job. Um, as dull as it is. Um, but that's so mean. <laughs> no, but it is, it's completely, it's very, it's, no, very it's different to your world. Oh God, yeah. it's his thing and he loves it and he's so techy and he loves all of that. Yeah. But they said, oh, you know, what does dad do? And he said, IT manager. And then said, so what does your mum do? And he he stumbled because yeah. I don't actually have... How do you describe that? How What's do you the title? Do? Um, and then he kind of, there was a moment and, and the teacher came out crying to tell me this afterwards. And he said, um, she lives her dreams. Oh, isn't that wonderful that you represent that and, to them? And like, even now when I say that, I get goosebumps mm-hmm. because... I mean, ultimately, as parents, isn't it our job just to for our kids to see us just take life, mm-hmm. you know, like 
there to live, you know, despite the things that have happened and despite, you know, dis- despite everything, you know, even though they don't know what that despite means. Well, you're kind of representing to them, yes, you can. Yeah. You know, I mean, you talked about your life being, in a sense, very traditional, but also in the, in the same way, very, very modern. And, you know, you're, those, when you talked about the documentary and a lot of the things you did were firsts when you were going on that train before yeah. Bake Off, I guess also for your community, you're doing firsts for other women. Yeah. And you're showing other women, I've done it and this can be done. Yeah. And that's why every time I hesitated with every chapter that I wrote in this book, every time I hesitated, I kind of reminded myself, you know, I would read little chapters out to my husband and he would kind of sort of stand there and think, you know, he would, I could see it in his face. It's like, whoa. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and, and I, and I kept asking him, am I doing the wrong thing? And mm-hmm. he would say, you know, he, he, he's, he's a, you know, he said, why did you, the question he always asks me is why did you want to do this? And I have mm-hmm. to, I have to remind myself why I wanted to do this. And it is about saying that, it's okay for someone has to do the firsts. Yeah. Somebody has to. And don't be that person wishing that other people would do them. No, I was that person. Mm-hmm. I was the person. I was the little girl that said, I wish I had a book that mm-hmm. I could read, that I could relate to. I wish people understood what I was going through. I wish I could speak. I wish I could help. And now I get to do all of those things. So for those moments where I question why I'm here and I question, and I have the most, you know, I have imposter syndrome. So Still now. Yeah, even yeah. now when I turn up and... Because you're so successful. Even when I do cookery demos or I come to turn up to festivals and I'm doing things, Mm. I just, I kind of like, I want to hide in my shell and say, oh my goodness, I'm amongst these big white middle-aged men Mm -hmm. and here I am, this five foot nothing Muslim (laughs) woman, brown with a headscarf on. I just didn't, I just never fit. Mm -hmm. I just never fit. And I always, I always feel like I stand out. And Mm. now... You know, even when I feel like that, I ask myself, why are you doing this? Remember Mm -hmm. why you're doing this. And so, so often when I, I feel like I can't do it anymore, or I feel like I don't fit, I ask myself, why are you doing this? I'm doing this because somebody has to. Do you know, I think that's a beautiful message for all of us listening to this podcast to take, actually, when we get those moments of doubt, anxiety, to go back to our core purpose, reason and message of why. Yeah. And then that will hopefully help us feel centred. Yeah. Not necessarily the breathing or trying to push away the, the the attack or the emotion, but just saying, why am I doing it? Yeah. This has been so insightful. Thank you so much for Thank coming you. on. I Thank you. I feel like I've taken so much from chatting to you. And I'm going to pre-order the book, October the 17th, yes. it goes on sale. Yeah. Nadia Hussein, Finding My Voice. Thanks for listening to Katie Piper's Extraordinary People. If you haven't already, please subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. If you enjoyed this, please help us spread the word. Rate and review the show where you got this or share on socials.